Hello and welcome to Bad Binges Podcast, episode 4, covering season 5 of the American version of The Office. I am your co-host, Laura, and this is my co-host slash mom, Trish. Hi, everybody. And today, just as a forewarning, we want to let you know that we have a special new mascot with us, our new Chihuahua puppy, Cleo, who is so excited to be a part of our recording right now. (laughs) So excited that she has passed out, but she does have a little bum with her that she's been chewing on, so if you hear some light chewing noises in the background... That's what's going on. Her little bone. Little Cleo is eating her bone, having a good time. So yeah, so let's dive right in, get started. You ready? Ready. Okay, so episodes one and two are like a combined one hour piece episode. It's called Weight Loss. So this is kind of a summary. As I was listening to... Um, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, who play Angela and Pam in the show, or Pam and Angela, I guess, respectively, in the show, have a podcast now called Office Ladies, and I just listened to them talking about this, about or about how they, in the show, would try to film episodes so that when they would be released, it was timely with the time of the year that was mm-hmm. going on, which is something common for right. you know, television. So this is our episode to kind of catch us up after summer and to see what happened over the summer. So we get a really quick look at the weight loss challenge that they've had over the summer week by week and how that went for them and all the different little things that people Mm -hmm. struggled with and a lot of chaos around the weight (laughs) loss challenge. So I've seen this at work before and you're going through it at work, right? Well, yours is a step challenge, right? Yeah. But yeah, I've seen this, but... I guess, I know I'd been involved in one a long time ago, but I don't even think they weighed us. Maybe they did. (laughs) I don't know how it really worked. But this is hysterical because they all go downstairs, go to the the, uh, warehouse and get weighed together. It's pretty funny. And the most hilarious thing is just how each one of them handles it differently, obviously per their character. You know, Dwight, of course, has to have, he's like so intense and making sure everyone is following the plan, and he puts he puts fruit in the um, oh yeah the machine yeah and <laughs> just crazy things and just what he ends up doing to people we'll get to <laughs> but the funniest thing I think is is um, Kelly yeah she's taking it so seriously and she's so kind of, she's kind of low key in this one but it's it's sad but it's funny because she she played she's places so well she's taking it so seriously and she's doing the most dramatic things to herself to get to lose this weight quickly but she's fantastic in it she's I just I just love her character her um, tapeworm that she eats in order to try and lose weight for the challenge yeah we were talking about we wondered what it was because she said she got a tapeworm from Creed that she's going to let to grow three feet long in her who will eat and it will eat all her food and then she will take something and pass it and Creed Creed said it's not a tapeworm so I'm wondering if it was well, a worm from was, Mezcal yeah she, oh, said, she, it was, from she said it was from Mexico right so that's why so, yeah. we were kind of thinking maybe it was a just a, 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 a <laughs> an alcohol worm an alcohol worm <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Creed tried to pass that off. But yeah, no, I agree. That's such a good moment. It's Kelly when she just looks 
awful. She just looks so bad with the circles under her uh-huh. eyes, and she looks sweaty and just like she hasn't showered recently. I mean, that's how bad she looks. Yeah. And she's saying, "Just gonna look so good. <laughs> like, yeah, and gonna it, look amazing. I think that's what she. Well, she says. says that, but she's like so worn out. Yeah. It's more like amazing. <laughs> look amazing. She's yeah, so and excited. even before that, she has the. The, the, I think, lemon juice and mm-hmm. cinnamon and apple. I forget what it, all it was in it. It's that classic diet yeah. drink that people drink. Yeah, that's she, it was, she was, had been drinking that the whole time. And yeah, was, she's pretty funny. But it's, unfortunately, it is kind of what people go through. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I've done that cinnamon and. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moral of the story is please take care of yourself while you're trying to healthily find a good point in your health and fitness you know do it for that you know don't be don't be a kelly who's just saying i'm gonna look so cute bought all these size two swimsuits it's gonna be great no if you're gonna be changing your your diet and your lifestyle make sure that you're doing it for right and it it is truly yeah dangerous i think even in one of the weigh-ins she Passed she out. passes out. Yeah, it's, the... yeah. So yeah, don't do that. <laughs> a warning to that. Do but that. on a positive note, we have a good view at Michael in this episode because this is when he's trying to date Holly, and Jim <sighs> is tempering him and saying, "You need to be friends with her first. You need to just take it slow and get to know her, as opposed to jumping in like he usually does and falling in love immediately and proposing and." You know, like Jan, he wants to go on the sandals vacation right away. And right. Um, the woman, the realtor that he was dating, he said, I love you on like the fourth date and asked her to marry him at that party. And just, you know, so Jim is getting him to calm down a little bit and try and get to know Holly for the way that right. she is. And over the weeks, we see their friendship progress. But then one week we find out that Holly is starting to kind of see somebody her, I think it was her fitness instructor? Well, it was a friend of Oscar's oh, who was okay. a fitness instructor. But I think what it was is she liked Michael, and she didn't feel like Michael was, you know, making an effort to ask her out because yeah. he was in the, like, friend zone. So she sort of misread that, and I, I think, and then I think that's why she said to Oscar, sure, I'll date him. But what I thought was really cute is when um, Jim said, I can't believe that Michael's actually getting somewhere with Holly, but I realize it's because she's, I think he says she's a dork too. Mm-hmm. They're so cute together. I love the Holly character. I love the Holly character because on, on one hand, she's, you know, very professional. She, she tries, you know, she takes her job obviously very mm-hmm. seriously, but she's such a goofball and they match so well together. The writers did such a great job with them and their banter back and forth sometimes. She's so, really yes, Michael cute. Scott if Michael Scott was independent <laughs> and <laughs> professional, I guess. They're, yeah, they're very much two sides of the same coin, which is sweet. And by the end of it, they're together. They go through the whole fiasco of, you know, her, she breaks up with that guy or she hasn't heard from him or something, and Michael makes a comment that he's, he's stupid and whatever. But by the end of it, they're dating, so that's really sweet. Right, but this is also the one um, where um, Pam ends up going to New York for art school. So she leaves at the beginning of the weight challenge. And uh, she and Jim, even though they're, they're on the same wavelength, 
she's starting to develop friendships and relationships in New York and he feels sort of like he's losing her um, and she feels it too but you know she's caught up in the newness I think a little bit and he's just missing her mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's that's sort of sad to see that the really good scene with her though that I love is when they're all on the scale at the beginning and <laughs> they tell they, they weigh it they weigh everybody and then someone makes a comment that Pam's not going to be there for the rest of the summer so she Michael needs does. to step off Michael does yeah. so she steps off and they re-weigh everybody and you can see in that moment when they get the final number everybody trying to calculate in their heads how much Pam weighs and Kevin's like 220 pounds or something and Pam's like no Kevin nope not even close but, not even but Holly turns around and says that's okay Kevin, that Kevin math is hard, hard. <laughs> she's trying to be so sweet and kind and every <laughs> I think that's that's an interesting uh, I do want to I I completely forgot about that but I do want to talk about that a little bit too because I think that's another moment where we see how outdated this show is, is the way that Holly has been informed and t- or misinformed that Kevin has some kind of diagnosis that causes him to be, you know, take a little bit more time with work or not be as, um, I don't even know what word I'm trying to think of. Like a like a disability, like a learning disability. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He he just is a little bit um, struggles with that kind of stuff, and so Holly is kind of babying him and mm-hmm. treating him. You know, it's okay. You know, just being very sweet mm-hmm. when you know certainly there are some kind of people who do need a very delicate interaction in order to have a successful interaction with them I don't doubt that but nowadays we very much look at those kind of situations and people with diagnoses and you need to be very treat them as you would anybody else you know well that's what I thought was so ironic about this is isn't he an account in the show yeah he's an accountant so like what in the obviously heck? he's the math is hard well you know he's an accountant I mean he, he does so he should be able to <laughs> as we see later on he isn't really all that great okay okay <laughs> but but I mean yes correct you know and someone who's in the office just like anybody else working in that same position especially you know you treat them the same way as anybody else you don't mm-hmm. need to go and single them out and baby them and whatever so I, I think that is a moment where we see a little bit how even though it was just what 10 years mm-hmm. ago ish mm-hmm. um that this show is a little bit outdated in the way that it addresses things like that because we, we see holly is just trying to be nice and considerate but really that kind of behavior now isn't what we would think is the best way to behave with anybody who's mm-hmm. has a diagnosis you know what i i've i've recently heard of a large corporation and I'm sure there are many where talking about people with disabilities of many different types right um, uh, you know larger companies who focus on being able to hire people who learn differently or have whatever particular issue and work with them to develop a work plan to make them successful in a particular job instead of you know back in my day well just like going to school you, you know you went to school 
the teacher talked to you for a long time, you took notes, you went home. If you didn't learn in that manner, you, you know, it was too bad. You, you, you weren't doing very well. Mm-hmm. Whereas nowadays, and when you guys were growing up, teachers did not necessarily do that. They had all different kinds of methods to help you learn. Mm-hmm. And I love to see that corporations are doing that for the workforce as well now, mm-hmm. because people just don't all function the same. I don't mm-hmm. function the same as the person who sits across from me. You know, I, I don't, I just don't. Yeah. You know, we all have our own way. And I, and I really appreciate that when I see a company who takes that time and effort to you know, I, I really believe, okay, so this is my theory. I really believe everyone wants to do a good job, but sometimes they just don't have the right direction or they're in a job that isn't exactly the right one for them. I don't think people just go in and feel like, well, I'm just going to get through the day. You know, I don't, I don't think people want to do that. I think people want to do a good job. So it's really nice to see when n- nice when a company focuses truly on helping the person be the best employee they can. I mean, it obviously is good for the company, but it's good for... And it's nice, too, because I think it opens people's minds to, you know, there is something in an office environment that can be suitable for people of all different types. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a, you can adapt things, you can find positions, find work, where people with all different kinds of situations can do a job there successfully. I mean, you really can. There's different, a bunch of different tasks that make an office run. Well, well, I and I think it's more finding. Well, like I said, it's finding what the person is good at, but it's it's kind of the other way around, mm-hmm. right? It, like you said, there's so many different roles that you have, and matching the person with the role. Yeah. You know? It's like when I first started working, I coded, which I loved. I, I did love that. But I had a lot of different roles until I finally became a project manager. And that really fit my personality, sort of. I have gotten a little bit... I, I was more quiet, so that was difficult to um, kind of get past that. But um, it just fit me better than... Like I, I did coding, then I did testing, and I managed some teams, and I did all different things. And I think out of all that, either coding or project management was what fit me best. So, it's, you know, if you can find that, that's the key yeah. to be And I success, love places right? that will help you find things like that. Like I, right. in this conversation, maybe think about at my last organization that I worked for, there was a limitation on perhaps um, the type of personality and attitude and, that someone had to have in order to work at that job because you are interacting with a lot of people mm-hmm. and it can very quickly become overwhelming and stressful and harmful to your mental health if you don't have the right tools to be able to work with mm-hmm. that. However, so that there were some limitations on people that can work in that type of environment however physically there was you know people can do a lot of different things at the that place that I worked at everybody's different from everybody else Mm -hmm. and that's just one more piece that's different and that doesn't mean you can't do it it's just one more I just I felt like that's different at 
especially in that environment, and I guess the, the park that I worked at prior to that too, they really put an emphasis on hiring people um, of very, a diverse group of people in terms of ability. Yeah, and, and you know, that is the key, and I think it, we actually talk about it in this season, but, yeah. you know, diversity isn't just about, you know, race or gender. It's about all different types of people. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's a great learning opportunity when, I mean, like when people work with people like me, you know, they, they learn something about people like me. Yeah. And just like I learn, you know, there's so many from yeah. everybody, all the other types of people besides, you know. There's so, so many things to learn from, mm-hmm. from the people that you work with when you're there all the time. And mm-hmm. so having, like you said, not just variations in race or gender or sexuality or whatever, but in terms of your like physical ability or your diagno- if you have a diagnosis, your mental state, anything like that, it's really good to be around those people and to learn from them. For example, something as extremely common as anxiety. <laughs> I know? was just going to say, I was going to bring that up for myself, actually, <laughs> yeah. because I think that is one thing that sort of makes me do a better job is because I have a lot of anxiety so I, I want to do a better job, and then when I can get something done well, successfully, it, it, I, I feel so much better. I think if, if I, you know, depending on the job I would have, if, if I never was able to feel that completion of something, then I, I don't think I could handle it. Like I need, yeah, my anxiety kind of leads me to want to make sure I'm doing everything exactly right yeah <laughs> so I don't and know that, that. that sounds thinking, too great but thinking of that I mentioned before how some people are just naturally going to find a lot of the park positions that I was discussing much more difficult because of the guest interactions that they're going to have and how stressful it can be on them and so for example when I worked in guest services I had a couple coworkers who, and myself even, that were so anxious when dealing with guests who were very upset mm-hmm. and very stressed out. You know, they're in the heat all day and they're tired and they're angry and things just aren't going right. And to have someone come in with all that energy at you and kind of shock you out of your calm day that you were otherwise having Mm -hmm. is a really anxiety you know stress inducing moment to have people you know screaming in your face so literally literally you're not not I'm not kidding at all at all for that um and though at that time I don't think I had as much anxiety as I do now I definitely learned from my peers who had a more calm countenance on how to work through those things Mm -hmm. as well as my peers who were more anxious mm-hmm. of how to then deal with different guests who are kind of similar to them mm-hmm. or learn how to assist them and make their day easier and you know just help them get through their work day like there's so many different things that will make you better both just as a person and in the way that you interact with others when you have a diverse workplace like mm-hmm. that so Mm-hmm. Exactly. So moral of the story. Wow, we went off, if, if, off track there a little bit. If Kevin did have some kind of diagnosis, that would be a wonderful thing because it's a great thing for people in the office to learn from. Yeah, and Holly was, being in HR, she's just supportive and just exactly how she she Well, she was a little, a, little, a little too. Well, she, she was told, I think, uh, by Dwight, right, that 
it was a severe situation. So she actually, I, I don't know. So she, she had to be very, very gentle. Yes, oh. yes, yeah. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't it Dwight who told her? Probably. <laughs> but oh, Dwight. I just I love seeing that. Well, I mean, as you and I have said before, <laughs> everybody has something that oh, yeah. makes them different or is a challenge to them. Some people are it's more extreme, more, more physical, more mental, more, more emotional. Noticeable. You know, yeah, obviously, yeah. Everybody has something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up, I never realized that. I, I really didn't. And obviously, the older I get, I see everybody well, has something that they're dealing with. Well, we didn't either. I mean, in school, we did those. We would have one day where we talked about disability and diagnoses and different things. And we would do things like wheelchair races down the hallway, which is in no way appropriate because that's not, you know, a wheelchair isn't a toy, it's a mobility tool, you know, it's not. So teaching us to just like, oh, it's so fun, like riding this wheelchair, it's like, well, that kind of blows off the need then for us to grow up thinking about how we need to make accessible places and make sure that we're inclusive and so on and so forth because we're just get this one fun day where we get to ride wheelchairs down the hallway and we don't really think about, you know, we're eight, right. nine years old, right. well, not building the blocks to think about that. And, you know, I know we're digressing a little bit it's here, okay. but, you know, one thing I have particularly, I mean, it's t- it took me a long time to really realize this, but looking at everyone as an individual, mm-hmm. because I was always a very quiet, shy person, and especially maybe the last four or five years, I've become a lot more outgoing than I had been. And, you know, being able to look at each person that you come in contact with in a day and realize that they are just like you, a li- <laughs> like a living person. Like when, the best example is when you go to the grocery store and you're getting checked out at the counter and, you know, that person, the person you're interacting with, the person who's working there trying to check you out, um, you know, check out your groceries, they're, it's, it's their work day, they're a person. I always try to say hi now and chat a little bit. And I never used to do that. I was always in my own little world. And, you know, as I said, the older I get, the more you, you look at each person as a person and not a just part of your life does that yeah, make sense yeah it's not just another yeah. uh, an, an individual you interact with in your day it's you think about how they're a whole person with their own struggles right. and exactly. their own day and you exactly. know how you're coming in and out of that situation with them but they're gonna have to be there and deal with potentially you know frustrating right. situations and right yeah exactly. I totally I totally get that I think that's a yeah. good way to to be living your your life so, but with that, oh, should we move on to our next we better, episode? We're never going to get through this whole season. So, season, not season, episode two is business ethics. Oh, well, so this here is, we go. Ryan has returned to the office. <laughs> yeah, business ethics are here. Ryan has returned to the office as a temp following his scandal with Dunder Mifflin. And Holly is holding an ethics seminar after his actions to try and talk everybody through, you know, mm-hmm. what, how to properly behave in the office because he obviously did not properly behave. And but that's why he's a temp and he's not a direct yes. hire. Yes, that's why he's I don't a know temp. how he, Michael finagled that. But yeah, yeah. Really. yeah. Uh, you know, and this also is an interesting situation because this whole episode is about you know wasting company time or resources or or uh, you know um, company. Um, what I equate it to a lot is you know I used to take a lot of notes and I. would 
bring home a pen in my purse from work. And then after like a couple months, I'd be looking through my drawers and taking all the work pens out and bringing them back into work again. You, you know? did that? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but I always would bring it back in because I felt so bad. Like, oh my God, my God, I have all these pens from, from work. I have to bring them back in. You know, and it's it's things as little as that that people should be, if, in my opinion, you know, conscientious about. But it's crazy, though, the stories you hear of what people, I want to say, get away with in the workforce. Um, I mean, I you know, I've heard stories of all kinds of misuse of company funds for personal use, and it just blows me away. And here I'm worried about pens, you know, I don't know. So yeah, this whole ethics thing I thought was pretty funny, but I've never seen a situation. Did I ever tell you about the, the situation at the last place that I worked at? With misuse of company funds or yes. tools? Oh. The leader of the group that I worked for was let go because of embezzling company funds into their personal business ventures what yeah wow i did not know that so yeah even even in the the wildest places you know it's crazy what people try to get away with yep i mean seriously (laughs) i could never i don't i don't i don't understand it i mean they didn't get away with it well okay yeah they uh yeah it was a big big issue but yeah, please people don't do that just it's not it's not worth it most of the time no i can't even imagine <laughs> a pen here and there you'll be fine but my god you don't want to be i brought him back don't want to be on the run for your entire actually life. at one of my recent roles i supplied them the pens because they ran out of pens for us so i bought my own pens my own notebooks <laughs> and everything it's good of you anyway but anyway, so we learned that Meredith has been oh, Meredith, misusing Meredith, Meredith. Uh, company resources, I guess you could say, and has been trading sex for discounts on supplies and. Well, state. she hasn't been. She hasn't misused, been misusing company resources. She's, She's been just been doing an illegal. Doing okay, <laughs> illegal activity. I mean, she, yeah, more or less being paid. And I love this for, how, quote, favors. you know, Holly, obviously, is oh. as a proper HR rep, is thinking this is completely inappropriate. You can't behave right. like this. And Michael, it's not because he is just ignorant to this stuff, I think, but he just wants to protect his family, right? his his office family. So he's saying, you know, how, how could you take Meredith away from me, you know? You have to take the bad with the good, yeah, he says. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then poor Holly is thinking, well, this is, no, no, Michael, no, this is not going to work. And then they have the meeting with corporate, and she's pretty much shut down. And he, he portrayed that he knew this would happen, and that's when we see how, how he really likes Holly, because he said, oh. We're going to take a quick break right now. I think Cleo has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so quick break, and now we're back. We were just talking about how Michael doesn't want to let go of Meredith because she's part of his office family. And <laughs> you can hear a little bit of Cleo yawning <laughs> on this audio. Aww. She's a sweet baby. She's very tired out right now. So, um, Yeah, and then there was one thing... 
after uh, Holly was told by corporate, no, we're not getting rid of Meredith, and she was upset because she thought it was the right thing to do. Well, it kind of was. It but, was. <laughs> um, Michael, you could see how much he cared about Holly because he was trying to find a nice way to say, I told you so, but then he said, or maybe I just shouldn't say anything, which is him growing a little bit and really showing he cares about her because he doesn't want her to feel bad. He even said, or should I say, I told you so with a rose? <laughs> he was funny. Agree. I think that's a great example of another thing that I heard on the Office Ladies podcast where they're talking about how the philosophy of going through the show from their writers was that you just make a character grow a little bit every episode, like 5% or something every episode, mm-hmm. in order to get them ultimately developed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a certain situation where you see that is you see Michael grow just a little bit mm-hmm. in that episode mm-hmm. toward the person that he needs to be. So Right. So yeah, great episode. Um, on to the next one, Baby Shower. Where oh, it was just so wrong. <laughs> Jan is having odd. a baby, and Michael feels personally responsible to act as the father because Jan got an artificial insemination. So Michael just assumes that that means that she needs him, and he's preparing for the birth of the baby. With and Dwight. With Dwight. <laughs> Dwight pretends to give birth to a watermelon <laughs> and covers it. What does he cover it with? Butter. Because he says babies are slippery. <laughs> so he drops it open. Like or when he, he fake births it, it. Mm-hmm. he it drops on the floor and smashes open. <laughs> Michael's like, what the heck? Yeah, it was slippery. Yeah, Dwight's drilling Michael on best ways to get to the hospital at the last minute if there are glitches and... And, you know, the birth and how to mark the baby so that you get the right one. Which is nice to see that Michael, not for Jan, but for whoever he will end up with, that he does care in this way, you know? You know, but I think he would be a very nurturing person, especially to children. Oh, yeah. He loves Oh, my gosh. I think we see that in a lot of episodes. He just wants children so badly. Um, Well, he wants children so badly, and unfortunately, this is not his child. (laughs) And Jan shows up at the office for her baby shower, and she has already had said child. (laughs) And then Michael spends the rest... Astrid. I forgot about that. Her name is Astrid, and Michael Mm. keeps calling her Astrid. (laughs) Michael has a really, really cute conversation with Daryl, because Michael's asking Daryl about you know, feeling connection with this child. And Daryl's like, that's not your child, child. Michael. <laughs> it's like you having a connection with a sweatshirt. Or with me, do you want me to, do you want me to sit on your lap, lap or, something? or something like that? I can't remember what it was. But it was funny. It was it was a it was a funny little exchange with Daryl. But, um, oh, yeah, and Michael. then you see again how odd Jan is singing these strange... Not strange songs, but... Preacher? but Son of a preacher? Right, son of a preacher man. Um, uh, Songs, not normal nursery rhymes. Or or, or nursery songs, not nursery rhymes. Nursery songs. But then again, when you guys were little, instead of singing whatever songs people normally sang, I would sing White Christmas and Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yeah, but those Uh, are gentle, you know, not... About a sexual encounter with a preacher's son. Well, true, but two, it it wasn't so much. I think the word. Well, it was the words that made it odd. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. But 
I just have to make a quick comment that this is going to be like an office podcast or a normal episode of the podcast, but with like a Clio ASMR in the background of her oh. chewing on her phone. Um, what else about the baby shower? Oh, and then the side story of of uh, Michael uh, and Holly. No, no, I was going to say of Dwight um, testing out the the thousand dollar baby buggy <laughs> that 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 uh jan had and he just destroys it and then just like puts it in the trunk but yeah the side story of holly and michael to where he tells holly i'm just gonna be you know sort of mean to you and rude to you when <laughs> jan gets here because he would it's like he's she's hormonal ha- and she's just you right know. but it's because he still has that connection with jan and it's at some point i think he's a little scared of jan he, he still has a connection with her and he wants that baby connection but he, you know, so he doesn't want to upset Jan, and he's pretty insulting to Holly, and she oh, yeah. just sort of says, okay, but it, that's kind of sad. I don't like to see that. So anyway. Next episode, Crime Aid. <laughs> so this is when Michael and Holly are together in the office late at night, and they forget to lock the office behind them, so it gets robbed. And then Michael thinks of the genius idea of, you know, I don't care that insurance is probably going to replace all the things in the office. We're going to hold an auction to pay for what was lost. Right. Because Michael is completely self-sacrificing for the sake of Dunder Mifflin in any situation. And I just, I love, well, I guess go through the story with Dwight first and, okay. and Phyllis. Right. So, so Dwight is upset that Angela is choosing Andy over him. And he he sort of in a roundabout way goes to Phyllis for advice and she tries to help him um, and he gets upset with her and sort of tells her off and then he says how dare she try to help me and then he realizes what he's saying and it makes him feel kind of a little soft toward Phyllis so then yes during the auction they're they're auctioning off a hug from Phyllis and so of course Phyllis's husband Bob Vance, Bob Vance refrigeration, right? Bob Vance refrigeration. Bob Vance bids, but Dwight is bidding on it too, and it's and so is Andy, I think too. But it's so sweet that Dwight is bidding because he's just insulted Phyllis, and then he realizes that she was being kind. I love that. Yeah, it's really cute. I love to see just anything good happen to Phyllis because you kind of learn her backstory and that she was a bit of a wild child in high school and you know, took some time to, like, get her independence, I guess, or just kind of get on her feet and, like, stability. So I love seeing her, like, in her healthy relationship with Bob and yeah. getting the love that she deserves because she really is just such a sweet character, you know? Well, She's really grown into... She gets a little... She's sassy. <laughs> she She's sassy. sassy. In, in rightful situations, you know? She's not mean or sassy without cause. She just, like, yeah. to Angela, she's yeah. not... She's not rude well but it, it is very cute to see her like so flattered yeah that they're bidding so I high love on, a hug, on a hug i she's remember you saying great. before she's great. You, yes you liked her so much so that's a fun episode and we get a little tidbit there too of you know pam's still in new york and jim runs into roy and roy makes some comments that makes jim a little bit insecure in their relationship so that takes us into the next episode which is Oh my god, just the most... I, I hate, honestly, I hate watching this episode because it's just so painful. Oh, yeah. This is it's employee transfer. This is when Holly 
is transferred back to Nashua, and her and Michael agree to go long distance. So Michael's driving her back out to Nash or driving her out to Nashua, and they're talking about you know they're gonna meet in the middle and they're they're gonna stop halfway through the drive and find a little bed and breakfast where they can meet at and. As they're doing that, Holly's kind of realizing, oh, this is this is too far. We're we just started dating. This is not gonna work for us. This is just not worth worth all the trouble that it's gonna cause us. And I don't think it's gonna be successful. And Michael is just fighting so hard against it, and poor Daryl has to drive them. So he's right, the third right. party in the car. And I, the scene where he's trying to call his friend and Michael and Holly are like arguing I think one of them is crying and he's just saying please call me back (laughs) please help me talk to me so I don't have to listen to all this stuff I mean I can't I can't imagine being in the car with your peer with your co-worker two of your co-workers who are going oh my god just yeah that was a sad that was a sad episode might be one thing if it's people that you know and you know their situation but just oh my god it's it's so sad so but i but i do love the ending scene where they're returning back to scranton without holly michael and Mm daryl and michael's obviously very sad about his breakup with holly and Daryl says to Michael, you know, whatever I'm feeling sad, I sing the blues and it makes me feel better. And they have this moment where they're kind of riffing off of each other mm-hmm. and singing together. And it's a good camaraderie. It's, it's feel good. It's kind. Moment. It's a kind moment. Yeah. yeah. You, you see a, a good moment of heart for Daryl. Yeah. Is this the episode where Dwight and Andy have the thing about Dwight possibly going to applying for Cornell? Or yes. Am I the wrong one? Yes. That is hysterical so oh my gosh so Dwight wants to apply to or, or, or applies to go to Cornell but Andy has to review interview him and he's obviously not gonna help Dwight get in and oh, just the argument they have they end up like pulling the table between them yeah. in the conference room it's it's crazy it's a very very good episode it is a, from a, that perspective a sad look at Andy's situation though because that's like his one thing that he has that makes him feel that he's really good and valuable right you know right and that's his one thing from within his family that kind of gives him gives excuse me that gives him any standing is that he did go to Cornell and he did get this good education that's really all he has well you know I think I think a lot of people have similar stories like that yeah where they're they they feel like they're high school or college or whatever their previous life or previous job was their golden time Mm -hmm. and 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 it makes me sad yeah Yeah. it makes me sad because I mean it's great to have Mm -hmm. that to to feel confident or to you know make yourself uh, you know to be able to believe in yourself for to, to have something like that in your background but it's also sad if it's if it's the only thing, you know. You want something to look forward to in your life always. Yeah. No matter what. So yeah. It's good to look at your history in a positive light and enjoy exactly where you've come from. Yes, that you are. But to let that overtake the rest of your life is mm-hmm. kind of sad. It's it's unfortunate. There are plenty of things to look forward to in the future, and plenty of new things that you can go out and do. So don't hold yourself back based on the past. And then one small other note for this. Is this is when Pam shows up at the, up 
excuse me, shows up at the corporate office in her costume and nobody else is in costume. And she can take her hat off. She looks, what, is it one of the Marx Brothers? Oh, no, Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. Excuse me, Charlie Chaplin. She takes her hat off and she looks like Hitler. And she can't take the mustache off because she put it on with grease paint. So she's stuck all day she's long. She's stuck in all day long. It's just so awkward. It is. It is and like it's the most uncomfortable cute. costume really too. Exactly. Next episode, customer survey. So this is when Kelly fudges Dwight and Jim's customer service reports because they didn't go to her. What is it? Her America's Got Talent end of season party. Yeah, rap party. They didn't show up to it. So she's holding a grudge against them and frustrated that they didn't show up so they're kind of trying to to work with her to make it better right but one of the funniest things in this episode is when michael then when he thinks the reviews are correct he brings um dwight and jim in the conference room and tries to teach them to be better salesmen so jim and dwight are are posing as the customer and the salesman and Jim is just pushing Dwight's buttons so that Dwight being this uh, so Jim is the customer Dwight is the salesman and Jim is just pushing his buttons to make him to make Dwight yell and just say the wrong thing to this quote you know fake customer and they end up both Dwight and Michael kind of get wrapped up in it and sort of start believing that it's true It's 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 great. I it's have, a great episode. I love a great uh, section. Of the it. small section episode. of that where P- Jim says to Dwight, "Call in your manager. I want to talk to your manager." <laughs> yeah. And Michael gets on the phone, and there, Dwight and Michael are just panicking. And Michael gets on the phone and is nice to Jim, and Jim says, "You know what, sir? You know you're so nice. I'm gonna order. You know all your a million, paper, dollars, million dollars. A million dollars." <laughs> and, and Michael's looking at Dwight, like, see, that's how it's done. Oops. That's Sorry. How it's done. That's, that's right. so funny. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, I must say, the writers on this show. They're so good. Are They're awesome. So good. This is also the episode where Pam and Jim use their in ear Bluetooth headphones, and Jim's talking to Pam all day, oh, right. and Dwight's saying, Who are you talking to? And Jim says, Pam. He's, Pam's not here. And he's like, I know. And he's just, thinking that Jim's going crazy without her, which is funny. But So that's customer survey. Next episode, business trip. So this is when David Wallace sends Michael on an international business trip <laughs> to Winnipeg. Winnipeg. But I mean, it's true. You know what? It's fun. I've yeah, actually, I'd be excited to go. For work, I went to Winnipeg in the middle of winter. Oh. So cold. But it's ab- absolutely beautiful. beautiful. It really was beautiful. I, I, it was... The people were fantastic. Weather was cold, but it was beautiful up there. But yeah, and it is international, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd be excited. Maybe it's just because we're recording this in the COVID nineteen isolation. But I'd be excited to go to oh, it's beautiful. Winnipeg. I think yeah. any you know it fun was, opportunity, especially when your company is paying for it. Yeah, but and he was so great. excited. The funniest thing in this episode is Michael's understanding of what a concierge <laughs> is. He's equating the concierge to a geisha, right? Yes, yes. Holy cow, Michael. He <sighs> is just very... Ad- but I love... That's obviously so wrong, and he has very uncomfortable and inappropriate inter- interactions with her as mm-hmm. a result. But I love Michael's romanticization of the world around him. His what? His romanticization. 
Is that a word? I believe so. Okay. (laughs) Of the world around him and the way that he, you know, thinks that someone who's a concierge, which is a fun job, I would think, you know, you kind of get to curate and help If you're an outgoing person, I bet it is. Yeah, but have people get... Know a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. You help them have, like, the best experience that they can. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So the fact that he, you know, thinks that person is a geisha, which is, at least in, you know our culture, someone, because it's not something that is part of our Western culture, is, like, this mystical figure, you know, right, like, exactly. a historical element, a, a person, a legend-ish <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> so I just, fun. I, it's very inappropriate that Michael <laughs> acts that way, but I love that he does, because it's just so exemplary of, he just lives in such a fun world. He just... He does. He, he really does. does. But then it, it is... It's sad when he's leaving, though, and he's kind of feeling guilty about it all, and then he just misses Holly. And, and he calls... And he's yelling David at David Wallace, Wallace. And he says, it's just horrible, you know. Which is, again, Not another moment of that little bit of character growth, where uh-huh. he's pushing against Dunder Mifflin, where he usually sacrifices anything for them. Right, right. And what else? Oh, and this is the one where Andy and Oscar get drunk, and Andy calls Angela... <laughs> And, and oh my God. says some things. I mean, he's he's afraid of her. Oh, he's so he's so afraid of her. <laughs> he just wakes up. And he's like, that was real. <laughs> oh my God. That's just oh man. Every person who's ever regretted something they've done when they're drunk, that's Andy right in that moment. But yeah, that's painful. But it's also Andy makes the comment about how this guy sits, you know, five feet away from him, and he had to go all the way to Canada to get to know yeah. him. Right. And I think that's really sweet that they had a bonding moment. I think Andy is a really sweet, dorky guy. He is. You a, know? He, he has a heart of gold. He just is <laughs> very yeah. misguided in different things. Oh, and this is the one, too, where um, uh, Ryan gets Kelly to break up with Daryl. Oh and then when Daryl says, sure, fine, he sort of backs off oh. and is surprised and Aw, it's so awkward. I felt so bad for Kelly. Well, Kelly kind of puts herself in this. Well. <laughs> she, she knows. You you tell throughout the show. She makes several comments. I think we just watched one the other day where she says, Ryan always does that to me. That's a, like emotional manipulation, whatever, whatever. She knows these things, but she, she kind of gets involved with it anyway. But I love when Daryl, <laughs> you see the scene of Daryl walking out to his car and he's just like happy-go-lucky. He's just totally fine that. He and Kelly have broken up. Yep. I just think yep. that's a great, a great moment. It's but. like a relief for him. I yeah, think. really. Yep. Next, next episode is Frame Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Toby comes back from Costa Rica, and of course, Michael doesn't know for like a week. Michael right? doesn't know for like a week. It's that, that's in the cold open, I think, where they're all having cake to celebrate Toby coming back, and and. Michael asks Jim, what is this for? And Jim says, well, it's for Toby. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. And Jim makes a comment, you can, you can go talk to him yourself. He's back in the annex. And Michael says, what? Like, no, what's going on? So he goes back there, and he, he thinks everybody's joking. And he sees Toby's desk, and there's no one there. And then he turns around, and, and Toby's standing there. And he does the, no, oh, no, that's right, he God, yells. please, no, yes. no. <laughs> Which is just a great, a great moment. But so then he wants to get Toby fired because he's tired of being around him and he accidentally buys like a Caprese salad. He spends he well first of all, he thinks it's weed, just a small bag of weed, and he spends five hundred dollars. <laughs> well, I don't know. 
it's not five hundred dollars. That's not five hundred dollars. <laughs> so so you spent five hundred dollars on that, and it's like a. Pr- the funny thing is too. So the police officer, they Dwight calls the police. They come in, they search his desk, they find this thing, this bag of salad. They find out it's a caprese salad, and the officer's looking at it and he's like, "Those are tomatoes," and like it's a little bit of you know mm-hmm. cheese or whatever, mozzarella, and it's like. Michael didn't see that. <laughs> Michael did. Michael just looked at that and assumed that yes, that's weed. I mean, he just he does live in the most interesting world to believe that. I just I don't oh, know, man. That I was that was unbelievable that they actually tried to set him up though. Oh, yeah. Um oh, and I'm sorry. This episode one of the most menial situations, but so annoying is when Pam gets upset because people cannot clean up their messes in the microwave. How many years have we been through this? I don't oh understand God. how people can put something in the microwave and explode all over. And it's a mess, and then they just like pick their stuff up and go. I totally understand, Pam. The thing I love about where I currently work, at least back when we were in the office, is everybody tends to, we only have a few microwaves for a fairly large building, so everybody tends to make their food around the same time and it kind of congregates in the kitchen area. Mm-hmm. And so everybody can see if you're cooking your food and you mess it up because somebody's yeah. got to use it right after you. So mm-hmm. you need to like clean it up because somebody's right. going to gonna look at you funny. And so I appreciate that kind of accountability <laughs> in the office. Yeah, that was, that was pretty in funny. The and then they're all... She doesn't want to say it's her that puts the sign up that, yeah. that says, please clean it and... People are judging her and saying, I think Meredith says, oh, some richie, yeah. <laughs> rich, rich person. And she's like, what? It was. It's just such a, a normal thing you see in an office. Yeah. But it, they just made it so fun. It's great. Oh, my gosh. It was great. Yeah. The last thing I want to touch on in this episode is this is when Jim buys his parents' house for Pam. Oh. Which, again, I have a very love-hate feeling toward Jim. I appreciate that he, you know, went out. I mean, someone just taking care of that. The process of buying a house is so much, Mm -hmm. so much. And someone just making that happen and getting you a home and a place where you can live. I mean, that's wonderful. It would make me just cry, weep with joy if someone did that for me. (laughs) But this does also make me very concerned of, you know, does, is Jim aware of what Pam likes and what she wants in a home? Have they talked about this? Is this going to be what she, you know? I think, I think though, I know it, it, the whole time you're kind of biting your nails thinking, is it, what's going to happen? Is she going to get upset? But they're just on the same wavelength. Yeah. And he he felt he needed to do it, and she loved his his the act that he did this and it's perfect for them I guess but yeah it, you, it is a tough situation that's a big decision, a big decision. Big decision. you bring up the word act and that makes me think too that maybe even she just appreciates it because Roy didn't act at all right. and now she has someone who even though it's they might not be consulting her mm-hmm. they are just going out and taking care of things and taking actions mm-hmm. to move them forward mm-hmm. which is good to see but yeah Next episode, the surplus. This is when they have a surplus that they have to spend by the end of the day in order to okay. keep it for the next year's budget. Okay, so the funniest thing, and, and I feel like this at work sometimes, right? Because I work right now 
in a manufacturing situation. I've never done it before. And so I need people to explain it a little bit at a more more rudimentary <laughs> level to me. And and Oscar comes in and is explaining to Michael that they have the surplus of money and that you know Michael needs to spend it or lose it. And Michael says something like, explain it to me as though I was a five-year-old or something. I forget what he said. Yeah. So, so Oscar says, so you want to set up a lemonade stand and your mommy and daddy give you five dollars and you know he goes through the scenario yeah. and i thought i totally get, i totally <laughs> just, get that you know sometimes i just need a, like a very simple explanation of what's but going another, on. but it was so cute back on our earlier conversation another example of how everybody is functioning on different wavelengths in any kind of organization and so you really can break things down yeah and people, you know, put so much lingo and, you know, high-level talk on things. It's just not necessary. Mm-hmm. You can take it down a notch and make it a lot easier to explain. And that's going to make your office a lot more of a welcoming environment when you mm-hmm. create that scenario where, I mean, for example, myself, I work in marketing and there's so many different little Nuances? Nuance, but, but the little lingo pieces and little, you know... Acronyms? Acronyms okay. and, and whatever. And so, you know, just... It doesn't have to be that complicated. It's, it really can be simple. Tip for listeners. When you're writing a paper, an email, directions on something for work, and you have an acronym, you put the... You, you write it out. You write out the word... And then, like, high-level design. You write high-level design. And then in parentheses, you do HLD. And then the whole rest of the paper, you can call it HLD. Because you already said, told people what high le- what HLD means. It's high-level design. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've caught myself writing acronym after acronym after acronym. And I'm thinking, people aren't going to understand what and you don't, sure yeah, don't about. give the explanation. I can't do that. The last place that I worked at is notorious for the amount of acronyms that they have because of the amount of properties that they manage. So they need acronyms, or else it would just be ridiculous. And learning, some of them are even the same. <laughs> it's just in different contexts that you have to understand oh, wow. how they're used. And it's just, yeah, or people will kind of adapt theirs, and they might say something different than is the standard or whatever, mm-hmm. and. Oh my God, just, it's so complicated. Yeah, break it down. But yeah, break it, break down. it down. It just makes everybody's life easier. <laughs> it it creates a better office environment. Everybody understands things quicker. Communication is great. Do it. So anyway, yeah, so they're fighting over the the new copier or new chairs. They end up with the, the new chairs, and then Pam has to make copies with the old, old bad copier. Right. <laughs> they end the episode with, with Jim coming over to her and, you know, saying, yeah, man, God, you got your new chairs. Can you make a copy of this for me? And Right, because he had said earlier in the episode that he never liked to ask her to make copies, so he'd always do it himself. Yeah. But now he's like, all right, you wanted that, you wanted the chairs. But this is also the one, the episode where they're, um, um, Angela and Andy decide to have the wedding at Shrewd Farms. Oh God. And they go through that whole whole um the fake wedding the fake wedding where where Dwight actually marries Angela according to the the German ceremony right right and, and he makes the comment where he says I've been telling you to learn German she said no oh, no oh that's oh that's so good yeah okay next episode Moroccan Christmas 
Phyllis's moment to shine. It is her moment. As the party planner plans a beautiful Moroccan celebration that is interrupted by Meredith getting too drunk, catching her hair on fire, and requiring the office to stage an intervention for her. Well, not requiring. Michael has some staged intervention for her alcoholism. Okay. This is one of the episodes where I laughed out loud because Michael's trying to have this intervention. Nobody really wants to participate. Finally, he gets the address of a of a rehab a, center, of a rehab center yeah. and he literally drags <laughs> Meredith in by her arm. She's laying on the floor. Actually, they she's they, screaming. They, they pull up. They pull up outside, and she realizes <laughs> what it is. And he's chasing her around the parking lot, and she, and she's just yelling, you know, um, saying, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" And then she keeps trying to run, but then he drags her in by her arm. So she's laying on the floor. He's dragging her in, and he comes in and he says. Goes up to the desk and he says, I have a deposit. <laughs> and he says, where do I sign? Oh, my Lord. So, I just laughed so, so hard. It was just so in, so inappropriate. It's so yeah. funny. It was so funny. But, yeah, and then he realizes that you can't do that. So he had to I had the uncomfortable drive back. <laughs> this yeah. is also when Dwight is selling had bought out a bunch of popular christmas toy called princess unicorn oh, right, and right. then is trying to resell them for money which is just an awful thing to do please don't do stuff like that oh people, people did people, I, pe- people do, do people do all the do time they still do oh that? my gosh the uh, uh disney world they okay. just announced they're changing retheming splash mountain and people showed up on the first day that they were open to buy out the stores and were buying bags of things before they could even be unloaded to be put up in the store well, back, so that they can go resell them. And they're selling for like $200 online, like a $10 plushie. It's back ridiculous. when I was in my 20s, there was the Cabbage Patch doll. Mm-hmm. And holy cow, Those you had so to have breaking. a Cabbage Patch doll. And then there was Teddy Ruxpin. Well, heck, I remember for poor Johnny, when, was it an Xbox? Mm-hmm. I had to like wait in line at Target one Sunday morning for the shipment to come in. Probably. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, it gets crazy. It, it, it gets is crazy. crazy. But anyway, yeah, that was, it was actually sweet because Toby, you just feel so sort of sad for Toby because he's always so melancholy and he sees this opportunity to be like just a star in the sky for mm-hmm. his daughter, like just, just the the best if he could get a hold of one of these dolls for his daughter and he is so excited and then he gets the, the last well he ends up spending has, i think he has a to couple go hundreds of dollars he goes to get it from dwight and mm-hmm. daryl has just bought the last right, one so he has to go he buy begs daryl and then daryl gives it to him and it's a black doll for daryl's daughter right and daryl's like what and toby's kind of like uh, which i think this is a good moment to bring up the importance of representation, you know, and yeah. you know, mostly that's a conversation about people of color. You know, it's not a conversation for white people as it is for Toby right here. But but in general, it is, you know, people, it's so wonderful for young people and children to be able to see themselves in their heroes and the, the things that they play with and to build scenarios where they're good and they're heroes and they're creating positive situations because that's how you know they're kind of working out mm-hmm. their their personalities i think mm-hmm. specifically about princess unicorn pretty much relating to 
to Barbie dolls, I think, you know, obviously I didn't think about it at the time, but playing with Barbie dolls that looked like me, I could create scenarios Mm -hmm. where I could envision myself, you know, where like playing a rock star and I'm going to go be a rock star or playing doctor or whatever else and you you create those scenarios where then you kind of grow up thinking I can do anything and I can do this so to have those resources is really important so anyway <laughs> you know and it it really is a different perspective when you think back when I think back um for instance with Barbies I think the first like black Barbie came out in the 70s or 80s odd that must have been to not have to not have them and it's nice too even I don't think I had any as a child just because I mean you never really bought me Barbies it was always extended family and they they bought me the they I I received the Barbies that had the movies so I could watch the movies and then play with the Barbies from the movies and none of the Barbies in the movies were ever really people of color so to have I think it's good too to introduce multiple you know barbie now has plus size barbie dolls and shorter barbie dolls and taller barbie dolls and it's good to create those scenarios and to give your children a variety of things like that so they can envision a future Mm -hmm. or and and situations that are reflective of the diversity that they're going to encounter and that they should encourage um so that's good to see i like that yep so oh last thing here is uh (laughs) So Phyllis has planned this party, and she's been blackmailing Angela into helping her. And then Angela makes a kind of stands up for herself and says, "I'm not going to put up with this." And Phyllis says, "Well, I'm I'm going to tell." And she's like, "I sure you will. You know, you're not going to do that." So she starts walking away, and then Phyllis yells out, "You know, Angela's having an affair with Dwight. They've been sleeping together for forever, and everybody's just quiet. And Andy's not there, so he doesn't know." Right. And then he comes in later, and, and everybody nobody wants to say anything. Yeah. Oh, it's so, oh, so, so awful. It's so awful. But then it goes down in the next episode, the duel, where he does find out about it, and him and Dwight duel for Angela. <laughs> and Andy, <laughs> they're in the parking lot. <laughs> they agreed to fight in the parking lot. And then Andy, I, I love this This for was Andy. perfect. This so was perfect. Good leaves a note for Dwight in the corner of the parking lot. So Dwight has to go stand up in front of it and read it. And Andy approaches from behind in his Prius that Oscar makes a comment is totally silent if you keep it under five, five miles, miles per hour. Yeah. So he starts, like, running into Dwight while Dwight's turned around staring at well, the Well, Dwight is against the bushes. So yeah, he's just pushing him into the yeah, bushes. That's yeah. why he's not getting hurt. But, but they're yelling at Oh, my gosh. And, and I think... I think I think it was Oscar that said, I think he should, that Andy should win just for that. Yeah. Because he was so smart to do that. Oh my gosh. But they end up finding out, it's, they are arguing and arguing until Dwight finds out that Angela was also sleeping with Andy because Dwight understood at that point that Angela was really in love with him. So she was only doing that with him. And for him to find out that she was also sleeping with Andy, just. Well, I was surprised too because the whole, all the other episodes. Was that she would barely let Andy kiss her, yeah. let alone yeah. anything else. So, yeah. So, that's just... Yeah. So, Dwight is shocked, and so they kind of go inside, and Andy calls off their wedding cake as kind of a symbol that they're they're broken up, and Dwight isn't talking to her anymore, and Angela's 
ended up with nobody winning her heart because they don't want it anymore. So. Yep. Next episode, also kind of tragic, is Prince Family Paper and David Wallace requests that Michael and Dwight go to a competitor paper company and get get the info, get the download. So they kind of describe themselves and these people are just wonderful. Salt of the earth kind of people. So wonderful. Yes. So So kind kind to them. Mm Mm-hmm. And just pretty much give up all their information. I mean, they give... Unknowingly, obviously. Yeah. Or unwittingly, I should say, I guess. He gives Michael a list of references. Uh That's all all their other clients. (laughs) And then Michael says, I can't do it. I can't can't Mm -hmm. give give this up. And then Dwight gets the paper from him and they turn it into corporate. Oh, yeah, that's... You could tell Michael's just so... So, He's so upset. He does have such a good heart. You Mm -hmm. know, he, he can tell when... Which, this is such a long shot from our first season diversity day episode you know where he's just completely you know we're getting a little bit more in touch with um his empathetic side as we move forward and then meanwhile the office is having a competition or a a debate on whether or not hillary swank is hot (laughs) not just attractive not beautiful not pretty hot specifically which is just funny to hear i love hillary swank i don't know why i don't i mean i don't know what specifically it is but i just i just i think maybe because she seems very um, Personable. She seems personable fun. and true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really like her. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So that was. So right. argue about that. That was a that was a funny, funny argument yeah. that they were having in the office. So this next episode is another one of those two parter, like full hour episodes. One of the funniest oh ever episodes. The. This is called Stress Relief, and this is the fire drill opener from Dwight. Oh, my, my favorite. Word. Well, what's your favorite part of the opener? Well, well, when Oscar, you mean when it when they're having the fire yeah. drill, and Oscar opens the ceiling, and then Angela throws the cat up there to to, <laughs> to save the cat. Oscar, Oscar, she goes. Um, help me up, and he goes. I can't lift you, and she goes. I only weigh eighty pounds. And I only she weigh eighty pounds. Here, here, take. Uh, she goes. Save bandit. Was that the cat save? And then, and then the, the cat. And then the cat comes out the other side. Well, of course, it wasn't the real cat, but comes out the other, other side of the ceiling. That's oh, my, my favorite word. little sound bite. Is save bandit? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just. But I love that she thinks to save her cats. Oh, you know, I know. It's, it's, you know, she's a mom. That she she is a cat mom. She's but a you mom. know, I love that she like it, that's that she goes to that that she's not the kind of selfish kind of self centered character that mm-hmm. we see her. She she does care about something at least. I also love <laughs> Michael throwing the thing out the window and then yelling out just help. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh the whole thing my is God. so funny and, and oh it, it's pretty good. So. Okay, so at one company, a large company I worked at, I was the fire warden on the floor. Yeah. And it's funny because you're like, oh, do I have to do this? And that you get, they give you the hat, and you're like, do I really have to do this? But it's serious stuff. And, you know, when you, when you have a fire drill and you have to do that, it gets, I, I'm not joking at all, it gets serious. Like, you... Oh, Siri went off. Sorry, oh. go ahead. But you know, because you think about it, I mean, my mom worked at a, a burn hospital, and so I, you know, I've seen so many pictures of children that are burned. Just God bless them, you know. Um, 
and it's such a horrible tragedy. And so, you know, when I had this role for my work, I, I didn't really want to do it. But then when you have the fire drills, you're like, you know what? I need to take this very seriously. And one time I had to get somebody, I mean, you, you know, you have to kind of, you have to take the bathrooms, you have to get people out. Even if people don't want to go, you have to say, I'm sorry, but you really need to go. And you have to be kind of, you know. And there's this one time this guy had, I can't remember what happened, but it was it was trouble for him to have to leave. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry, but you, you're gonna have to go. He goes, no, because I've actually been in a fire before and I'm getting out of here. Like, I, I'm, I will take this here. I am taking this seriously. And it is important that people really do it. However, Dwight, <laughs> being Dwight, a lot. goes way overboard and scares the hell out of everybody. Oh yeah. And I can't even imagine the terror. But but of course, you know, being the comedy show it is, they make it hysterical. It's mm-hmm. so funny. It's so funny. And obviously, you know, it's not true. I so already told you about the the fire drill at the or the the real fire threat that we thought we had at the attraction that I worked at. Did I tell you about that? Um, I think you did, that everything shut down. Well, so at the location that I worked at, and for many of the others, when there's a flashing light that starts going off, like, everywhere, and all the music shuts down, that indicates that there's a fire somewhere and you need to evacuate. And everybody at their different positions throughout the attraction has their job to do. Mm -hmm. And one of the scarier things is that if they shut everything down to get people out, yeah. it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. the safest way to get people out. So they have to continue letting things run to gotcha. get people out in the quickest way possible. Right. That's going to be the safest way. Right. But anyway, so I was at the I was at the exit of the ride. Mm-hmm. Get you know and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the time, luckily, because I think I just would have panicked completely otherwise, is I was with another person. You're not always with another person at uh-huh. that location. And we saw the light go off, and we looked at each other, and we're both thinking, what is that? We've never seen that before. And a millisecond later, it clicks, oh, that's the fire alarm. So we're starting to you know, urgently get people off. At that point, you do not stop the ride right, for anything because right. they will have another chance to get off momentarily there's right, right, you know, right. something right next door so you're just pushing them off and we're freaking out you you get a call that the last cart that someone is in so you know uh-huh. when you can leave because you can't right. leave until everybody's right unless unless it is harmful to you you cannot leave until you got to help people out you right right that's your, oh, exactly that's yeah. your position is you are there to help people out until yep. you absolutely cannot anymore right right so and that just was the most I mean it's scary it's scary and thank goodness you know it was just a trip which happens very frequently at those places doesn't mean that you should ever Mm -hmm. take it any less seriously but it does very often happen when there's different effects and stuff going on Mm -hmm. was totally fine no fire nothing Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. um but yeah I mean it's just such a intense situation especially when you have all these people and you want to make sure that everybody's gonna be okay right you know which Granted, there's like a million and one safety precautions in place to prevent that because that's, you know, would be absolutely awful. So the organizations, at least that organization, does everything right. to make sure that that doesn't oh, yeah. happen. Oh, yeah. 
Um, they're top notch. I mean, they yeah, absolutely. And 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 so you still you know scary. I understand why Dwight was taking this so seriously. Yeah. He just didn't think it through. Yeah, <laughs> he just didn't think. I mean, if, if the I terror, yeah, that he was causing. If we didn't have the kind of training and thought to process through that, and it had been serious, right. You know, we wouldn't have been able to handle it properly because right. in, in those situations, it's very important that every single person, because you know, you have to stop getting people in. You have to turn people around. You have to get them out in an orderly fashion. Right, right, like, right. You know, so on and so forth. Bring them out to the the back areas if need be. Just just get them out of there. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yep. It's a was, lot. So yeah. I, I, it's nice that Dwight does that, but not necessarily. But, but, oh, he was, it's yeah. nice that he takes it seriously, I right, should say. Right, but yeah, totally inappropriate. Inappropriate, way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So yeah, so anyway, Stanley has a heart attack as a result of Dwight's actions. Oh, I forgot. Oh my gosh, yes, that's right. So then they take, well, one, they do the CPR class. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's, isn't that the next, is this the same episode or the next one? It's... It's the... I believe it's the same episode, isn't it? Um, maybe. Or maybe it's just that he gets them to relax. Yeah, no, no. It, this is it. Okay. Because they, they bring in a CPR trainer, and they have the dummy, and they're all kind of practicing on the it. The CPR dummy, yeah. And what's... What's with... It, what, Dwight? What's it, he doing? <laughs> well, they, they lose... Quote, unquote, lose them, because they're not doing oh, enough he's CPR. Oh, do trade thing or so, No, so Dwight says... All right, we have to harvest the organs really quickly before. So he goes over and just, you know, brings out a pocket knife and cuts open the dummy and then cuts off its face <laughs> and puts it on his face. He's so bizarre. Like the, the horror movie stuff, and because he just wanted to know what it was like. Because he he didn't he makes a comment that he didn't think it was very realistic in the, the face movie. off movie. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. So he, you know, then he's like, I, I guess it kind of was. Um, so they She's spend, bizarre. they then spend the rest of the episode trying to, trying to get Stanley in a calmer environment, and they come to find out that the cause of his stress is Michael. <laughs> so they do the CPR training, and then, and they do all this, this stuff to try and create a calm environment for Stanley, and they find out that the cause of his stress is Michael, and so on and so forth and then the next the second episode the next part of this longer overall piece is focused on Pam's parents that are going through a rough patch and Jim talks to her dad and says something that makes her dad want to leave her mom and says that he's moving out and she Pam is so upset she's thinking what what could he say you know she says when is he at what point in our marriage is he gonna say that to me you know, just really concerned, and then she finds out that what Jim had said to her dad was that he just, he loves her so much, and she lights up a room, and he's never doubted that he wants to be with her, and all this stuff, and her dad realizes that he never felt that way about her mom. Right. So Pam is, you know, thinking, well, my parents won't be together, but my kids can trust that, you know, their parents are soulmates. So that's really sweet. Yeah. And then next part, well, I guess we can talk about these next two episodes as one part, is this is lecture circuit, and this is when Pam and Michael are driving around to the different Dunder Mifflin branches in order to give Michael's sales lecture, which, 
he is very silly and he's got all these props and he's giving everybody nicknames in order to remember their real name and they're all really insulting. <laughs> very <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he, um, they're, they're not going to Nashua and then Pam convinces him, you know, let's, let's go make a pit stop and let's, let's see how Holly's doing. And they get there and they find out that Holly has a boyfriend who works at Nashua and she's not there so they don't get to see her. But then Michael's wandering around, and he goes to her desk, and he cuts off a piece of her sweater to bring home. And then he finds a file on her desk, that on her desktop computer, that is a letter to him. So he has a thumb drive, plugs it in, downloads it, saves it, and then brings it and explains to Pam that that's what he found. And she's like, well, you can't read that. It's not appropriate for you. It's not supposed to be read by you right now. But I can read it because it doesn't really matter to me. So she reads it and she tells Michael, you know, she still has feelings for you. Don't give up hope yet. It'll be okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Because that that was a two-parter, right? Yeah, it's a two-parter. Oh, oh, this this is Kelly's birthday. Kelly's birthday, that was so cute. So so Dwight and Jim have to handle the, the birthday and they don't know what they're doing and like they blow up these horrible balloons and things like that but the cutest thing that they do is they tell Kelly your gift from the office is you can have an hour of TV or an hour of a nap during the day what a cute they put a little chiplet on her cake and it's supposed to be a TV or a pillow oh okay that's so cute yeah I love the it is your birthday sign on the wall so and then all the brown and gray balloons uh-huh. it's just oh it's so good I just got a card for someone for my birthday that they crossed out the thing on the inside and said it is your birthday and they made a little note there were balloons on the cover and they said pretend these are gray and brown balloons just oh. <laughs> funny um it was a really sweet card so next one that was that was a good episode next one is blood drive this is when it's valentine's day at the office they're hosting a blood drive and michael loses a glove while he's talking to someone at the blood drive or a woman that he's talking to loses her glove so michael kind of carries it around like a cinderella slipper like he's looking <laughs> for for someone and they host a little party for singles at the office and michael's just sitting around waiting for her to come by you know whatever and it doesn't happen and he leaves a little bit sad and meanwhile jim and pam go to lunch with phyllis and bob vance who go into the bathroom oh, right right oh it's so uncomfortable i can't imagine you're sitting there and it's not just that like, where are they where, they're, they're where at like a nice so, restaurant no, no 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 i mean pam and jim are at the table saying what's taking them so yeah. long to go to the bathroom and i forget who gets up I think they both do. They do go. They? they agree to go to each of the bathrooms to find them, and then they go listen. I think maybe it's maybe it's maybe one of them. I don't remember, but but it's not just that they're doing that. It's that they come back to the table and they're sweaty and like <laughs> Phyllis's curls are like matted to her hair, yeah. and she comes and she picks up a glass of water with two hands and starts chugging oh it. Oh my gosh! And then Bob Vance is she's feeding him steak or whatever, and oh man, it's just awkward. It's, it's an awkward episode. But next episode is Golden Ticket. 
where Michael has the genius Willy Wonka idea <laughs> to give people a discount on their paper by putting a golden ticket in their paper box, but he doesn't pay attention to split them up between orders, so he puts them all on pallets that are going to the same organization, and it's one of their <laughs> biggest clients, and he gives them, like, 50% off on paper. That's why I asked you that one time when you were publishing something for a, a, a discount. I said, make sure you have all the qualifi- qualifiers on yeah. that one per customer and <laughs> yeah, and the dates and everything. So Because, yeah, he didn't put any really qualifiers on there. So when the company got it, they could use all add of all of them together. Yeah. And it was disc- a discount for an entire year. Oh, my God. Which was crazy. But then he tries, well, Michael, or not Michael, um, excuse me. What's his name? David Wallace is angry about it, obviously, and says he's coming down to, to Scranton to fi- figure out the situation. And Michael, meanwhile, gets Dwight to take the fall for him so that when David Wallace arrives and says, actually, I just got a call from the client. They're so happy. They're going to make us their exclusive paper supplier. This is a great idea. Dwight then takes credit for it. And Michael kind of subtly tries to fight him about it until... The truth comes out, and David Wallace is just—he's so done with it. He just leaves. <laughs> he's like, "I don't want to hear this anymore. I'm done." <laughs> then the next episode is new boss, and this is a turning point. But you know, okay, so well, go ahead and, and tell a little bit about it. I was just gonna say I liked the guy who plays the new boss at first. Oh yeah, Idris Elba—he's great. At first, well, I mean, I mean the, that, the character. The character. Well, yeah, so he comes in, he's the new regional vice president who's, you know, coming in with a no-nonsense attitude and is going to save them all this money and whatever else and just kind of streamline everything going on in the office. And Michael is not having that because this is, you know, this is Michael's baby, this is his family, they have fun in the office. And he's a very successful branch, too, so he's kind of justified in behaving the way he does because he still gets results, you know? So, <laughs> so Michael gets upset and he goes to David Wallace about it and is pissed or just very upset that he's being over, overridden? Yeah. Overridden in his own office. Mm-hmm. And he quits. It's the end of the episode as he, he quits. He says... You don't know how high I can fly. <laughs> and leaves. And, and leaves David Wallace's office and quits Dunder Mifflin, which is just a huge moment for him that we've been building towards right. slowly since Holly was transferred and, and he was upset with David. And now it's, you know, now he's saying, okay, I can, I can go out on my own. <laughs> which leads us into the next episode. Oh my gosh. The next episode, it was the funniest part when... He's, is he, well, I think it's, it's, it's in that one, actually. Let me see which. Anyway, when Michael is escorted off the premises. Yes, this is the next but one. But then he sneaks back on. He's <laughs> crawling around on the floor yeah. trying to get people to. Well, because uh, he, yeah, so he, he's been messing around for his last bit of time. And he decides he's going to start the new paper company. And he kind of gets desperate. So, yeah, when he gets escorted off, he comes back in and. Is begging people. <laughs> it's so funny. It is so funny. He's just crawling around on the floor. He makes this kind of um, like speeches. You know, don't you want to 
get out and do your own thing and whatever else and is able to inspire Pam right. to leave. Right. So Which is felt, very sweet. Yeah. And you kind of cheer for them, mm-hmm. you know? You, you yeah. see kind of throughout how they, they grow to have a sweet relationship, which is very different mm-hmm. from the first episode when he fake fired her. and Oh, yeah. yeah. That was so awkward. So, but yeah, so it's really sweet. And, and she ends up going off with Michael to his new venture. And they become the dream team, which is the title of the next episode. Yep. Where Pam shows up, you know, and is saying, okay, we're going to, get started it's my first day we're gonna start this new company with michael and she shows up in michael's in a robe you know making french toast and doesn't he make a, a huge stack of french toast oh yeah because he doesn't he, he can't move on he can't he, yeah he doesn't he can't like take a step yeah he's he's and not she, prepared she's trying all. to help him yeah she's trying to help him with the list and mm-hmm. getting you know but then she the he he gets or she gets really upset and is kind of in tears and saying you know i don't know what we're gonna do I, I left all my job I left all this stuff for you because I believe in you and you don't have any of this together and then Michael pulls it together and says you know don't worry about it I got this we're gonna we're gonna go out there and we're gonna get this done so he takes takes them to go pick up Vikram who's the man that he worked with at the the telemarketing telemarketing when organization. when he was working two jobs because yes, Jan was Jan. spending all the money yes Right. So he picks up Vikram, and then they go pick up Ryan, of course, who's working yes. at a bowling alley. He's, and he's got bleached blonde hair yes. at this point. Yep. And they go pick him up, and then they're going to an investment meeting. And the investment meeting is with Michael's grandma's <laughs> investment club at her senior home. <laughs> and she Just, won't invest. And she says no. Aww. And it seems like she's kind of tired. Apparently Michael's had a lot of investment ideas, and she's tired of him. her... She is tired of him embarrassing her in front of her friends with all of his wacko ideas. And then Vikram dips off and understands that that was his... Vikram makes a comment. You know, it's kind of weird that her name was Nana or whatever. And Pam says that means grandmother. And he's like, oh my god, you got to be kidding me. Pull over the car and let me out. And yeah. So he leaves and is just so awfully mad. But Michael pulls it together. Mm-hmm. buys them an office mm-hmm. right by Dunder Mifflin, right in the same building, yep. and says, we're going to start the Michael Scott Paper Company right here. Yep. So him and Pam and Ryan move in there. And the next episode is called My- Michael Scott Paper Company, and it's about them working together. Their their office is a closet. <laughs> it's so tiny, and they're all on top of each other. Isn't, it, isn't there like a toilet or some kind of running water in the corner? Yes. That from that they can hear it from upstairs. They can Maybe hear the, the bathroom. bathroom upstairs. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, it's pretty bad. But they they fix it up and they they get it working. They okay. get it working. My favorite thing is Michael. Michael is on the phone with his mom, I think, and he's referring to Pam and Ryan as P and R, I think, or uh, something that you can tell who who he's talking about, uh-huh. and is talking shit about them on oh. the phone. Uh, just right in front of them. It's funny. But, yeah, so they are doing the best that they can, um, trying to trying to make it happen while the, the office is dealing with Charles Minor and taking this over is, things. And this is where Aaron, oh, Aaron is hired as a new receptionist. Okay, I love Aaron, but, and I, I think that I saw, before, before I saw her in this episode, I saw her in... Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which she was fabulous. Mm -hmm. 
And that's strange because that was after this. Yeah. But, yeah, and I hadn't seen these episodes. But I love her. I, I love the actress. That, shoot, I should know who that is. Um, I'll have to look her name up. I'm so bad with names. I apologize. But um, I love her. She is just so perfect in this role. She really is. Yeah. Um, well, I love, too, that the reason why she gets the name Erin is because Kelly oh, keeps waiting right. outside of Charles Minor's office. So whenever her and Erin's real name is Kelly. Mm-hmm. So whenever Charles is calling Kelly the receptionist in, Kelly comes in and says, Charles, you wanted me because she thinks she's going to get him to want her based off of conditioning him mm-hmm. through saying mm-hmm. that. And so Charles gets irritated and says, all right, you know, you're going to go by, you're going to stay by Kelly and then you're going to go by Erin instead to receptionist Kelly. And how's that work out? And she, she, Aaron requests that she be called Aaron because that's her middle name and she really likes it. And Kelly makes a comment. She goes, well, my middle name is Rajani Gonda and I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) She gets all upset and storms off. And I just think that was just the funniest moment. That's very cute. Ellie Kemper. Ellie Kemper. Kemper. She's great. Love her. Love her. She's great. She's really funny. Mm -hmm. She's got a really good presence and timing and a good way of She's just so sweet, and she just seems innocent. Yeah, she like and she brings just, out all these great uh-huh. jokes. Yeah, uh-huh. she's great. Very good, very good character. Very, I like that actor. I like Kemper yeah. as the actress also. So the next episode, we get a little bit more action for Michael Scott Paper Company when Dwight or Dwight and Michael get in an argument trying to steal each other's clients, and then Michael ends up stealing Dwight's. Biggest oh, client, which right. was it the Scranton White Pages that he gets, or is it someone I don't remember? But they he ends up stealing him. So Michael Scott Paper Company is getting a little bit more business, which leads them into the next episode called Broke, which is they're doing fine, but they can't afford to sustain at the level that they're operating. And you know, Michael's doing delivery runs of paper every day, and, and they're offering all these low prices, but it's just not something that they can really offer long term. And so the business is failing. However, at Dunder Mifflin, they're thinking that Michael Scott Paper Company is doing great, and they're making all this money, and they're stealing all their clients. So David Wallace gets called in, and they decide, you know, they have to do something about this. So they say, hey, we're going to buy the Michael Scott Paper Company mm-hmm. and reconsolidate it. That's great. So Jim kind of warns them that it's going to happen so they're prepared for it and they can make a deal. And they end up making a deal that Kelly and Ryan get to be brought back on as salespeople and they, and then Michael comes back in and gets right. to be manager and, and Charles will have to leave. Interesting tidbit, Steve Carell directed that episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's exciting. That's yeah. a good episode. Yeah, it's a, re- I like yeah, that it's a really good. It's very, it's, it's a really, yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. And then we see how that kind of plays out in the next episode because Michael can't keep both of the salespeople because he has to split up everybody else's clients. So he has to decide Pam or Ryan. And he goes and talks to Jim about who to hire. And Jim, you know, is saying, I won't say anything about Pam. You know, she's great. I think you should choose her. She's, you know, my fiance. I'm not going to say anything bad about her. And then he kind of admits, okay, you know, maybe she's a little bit a little bit crankier, whinier, whatever, in some situations when she hasn't had her coffee yet. And Michael starts laughing, and it's like, you said you know, something bad about right, her. Right, right. <laughs> you know? 
And then he ends up doing the fake firing scene again with Pam, but he's actually hiring her for real. And then he makes a comment that Ryan was very unhappy when he fake hired him and then had to fire him. Oh, oh no. It's just, oh, such a painful scene. But, so that's, everybody's reintegrated into the office. Pam gets a higher position, and that's great to see. And then the next episode... Wait, there's also... This is also the one. I just it's pretty short part I think, but um, where there Toby has to deal with casual Fridays. Yeah, isn't this the one where Meredith wears like oh my gosh like yes. a tube dress or something? Yeah, she wears a tube top. She either and she... pulls it too too far down so it her chest comes her out chest or comes too out high or up. Too high. Yeah, she exposes. Oh my god, yes. She's so funny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> There's some line Kelly has where she's like, God, Meredith, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> it's just her delivery is great. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's that episode. So next episode is Cafe Disco. I love this episode. I love this episode where Michael still has a little bit of time left on the Michael Scott Paper Company office lease. So he calls the office Cafe Disco and invites people down for a dance party and slowly, all the people in the office start joining him, and they have this great party. They're, you know, dancing and having a great time. Phyllis throws out her back, and <laughs> Dwight and her have a little moment where he has to, you know, help her with her back, and he mm-hmm. cuts open her shirt to do uh, it, and then right. he has to, like, safety pin it Yeah, isn't that what they do? They... Yeah. yeah. And it's just such a sweet scene, and we find out that day that Jim and Pam had planned on going to the courthouse and getting married. And they come down, they're like, we should stop in the party quick before we go. And they say that, and they go in, and they're dancing, and, and Pam, they kind of admit to each other that they do really want a uh-huh. ceremony and, right. and a real wedding. So. So that's sweet. And then the last episode is Company Picnic. <laughs> Michael and Holly are reunited in a... An awful situation. Oh my word! The two of them. What a pair! Just, I would what think a pair. I, I would have thought Holly would have had some foresight on this one. So I'm yeah. shocked that it, it goes through. They have to put on a play, and they a skit, a yeah, skit. skit, and throughout it they bring up that a branch is going to be closing when that branch has not yet been notified. So they find out for the first time from Michael and Holly. Isn't it the Buffalo branch? I think so. The Buffalo yeah. Branch. So, and and so here, all the people from the Buffalo Branch are are in the audience watching this, going, "What? Wait, what? what the hell's going on?" Yeah. And yeah, it's so sad. But on a happy note, Pam sprains her ankle while they're playing volleyball, and so Jim rushes her off to the hospital. And there's one of the best shot scenes I think in the show is is when Pam has to get a pregnancy test, obviously, because that's what happens when you go to the hospital before they check you out. They give you that to make sure that nothing, you know, is going to be complicated by mm-hmm. an x-ray or something right, like right, that. Right. And they find out that she's pregnant. And mm-hmm. there's it's a it's whole silent scene right. where you kind of you see Jim it's go into cute. the room. And, it's so sweet. Yeah, that you see them her tell him and he's so excited and he comes out and he's got tears in his eyes and he's calling Dwight saying you know put in the extra I'm put in the the sub the sub sub for for their volleyball game I'm gonna I'm gonna be here with Pam and that's just really cute really cute so it's a good moment for them and even though Michael and Holly have a a rough rough go of it with their skit it's still nice to see them reunited and they kind of 
Well, she's there with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. So, um, and then, but they, but she and Michael, yeah, go off and are talking through the skit, and they're just on the same wavelength. Yeah. They're just, they're just so good together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then the skit they're, they're goes sweet. awry. Very awry. <laughs> but, so that wraps up our season. Yeah. And that was season five of The Office. Wow, we got through all that. We got through all we, that. I think the, the first couple took us about half the time. Well, <laughs> a lot of discussion. We'll see you for the next episode, which will hopefully be a little bit shorter, but who knows. Mm-hmm. And are we signing off? That's a little little bit of Yelp from Cleo, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna head out now. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.